You're listening to the weekly podcast of Cayo, the youth ministry of the Father's House in Owensboro, Kentucky. Cayo is a healthy home for teens who are loved like family as sons and daughters that embrace their kingdom identity and purpose to change the world. At Cayo, you're home. See, I heard this thing called TikTok. Let me tell you something. This is what I believe. This is what I understand. This is what I believe. All right. There was a place where I didn't feel worthy to do what God called me to do, right? And let me explain something to you. Let me explain something to you. God had to show me. He said, Don, stop looking at you and look at me so I can get you ready. Because the only thing I'm asking you to do is keep going. Now see what I'm saying. I want to get you ready. So you can continue to keep going. Right? A lot of the things that we go, go through in our lives, we sit and we think, why does God have me here? What am I going through? What's going on? Right? God, why? I don't understand why none of the kids at school like me. I don't understand why they think Christianity is whack. God, I don't get it. Why am I going through all these trials? And I'm telling you right now, all the trials you're going through are designed to help you persevere and keep going so you can become stronger, right? We, we, go, we go to the gym. People go to the gym every single day, and they lift every single day. I went to the gym for the first time. Hold on. Hold on. I'm not talking about recently. I'm talking about when I went to the gym at the first time. I went in there. I was pumping iron. I was feeling good that first day. I was in high school. It took me a while to get there. Right? I played basketball, so I had to. Right? So that first day, I was feeling good. Feeling great. Anybody here lift weights? What happens the next day? It hurts. And my coach wasn't like, my coach wasn't like, nah, bro, you good. Like, because you're hurting. You don't got to do nothing else today. Nah, that's not what he said. He said, so actually, we're going to do something called positive muscular failure. Yeah. So we're going to push your muscles even further to where you just fail at everything. You can't do a push-up. You can't do a sit-up. Right? When I got to the basketball season, when I, when I made it to the basketball season, I had lost 30 pounds. Hey? Sounds good, though, right? All that sounds good, but the pain that it took to get there, the journey and the processing that it took to get there was very, very difficult, right? In high school, I could grab rim and almost dunk, right? I was a shooter, so I could make everything, no matter where I was on the court. At 6 a.m., I was in the gym putting up hundreds, thousands of shots, my arm was hurting. My coach was like, bro, stop shooting. You're going to hurt yourself, right? But the pain made me a good shooter, right? So a lot of the stuff that you guys are going through, that you're dealing with, is not designed to kill you. It's designed to help you keep going. And what I have learned is that the enemy tries to put, there is an enemy, he tries to put things in our way to make us want to quit and give up on God. And the same thing, the same trial that the enemy tries to use to kill us, 
God is taking that same trial to build us with. Only thing that we have to do is continue to stay connected to him. Y'all realize that? We just got to keep going. You never fail. You've heard that before? You don't fail until you quit. Same thing is with your faith and your trust and belief in God. Every single person in the Bible, the thing that made them unworthy was what God used to make them worthy. Right? Abraham couldn't have a kid. What was God doing? Gave him a kid. Right? Moses couldn't figure out how to get over the Egyptians and deal with that frustration. So God chose him. to He killed a man trying to accomplish the goal. Right? But then God said, you know what? Hmm, I'm going to use him to do it. Y'all see what God's plan is? The enemy's plan is designed. The thing that we have shame and we deal with and we struggle with and the trials that we deal with, God wants to take that stuff and say, hey, hold on. I'm going to repackage this. And I want you to see my truth so you can keep going and accomplish what I've, what I've set out for you to accomplish. So now when I get to trials, I take them way less serious. So one thing that I know, a couple things I know, is uh, I don't, when I do events and come to different youth groups and do this kind of thing, there's two things that I've learned. One is I used to do the worship first so I don't lose my voice. Because I love to sing to the Lord. Um, but also learn not to jump too hard. Because right under this rug, there's a, a hole here. Right here. You want to know who put that hole there? It was me. <laughs> so there's a couple things that I, I've learned. Um, but, man, I, I uh, <laughs> you remember when I did that? That's crazy. Uh, I'm going to drink some water. I, uh, me and, you know, Pastor were talking, and he was saying that, you know, you guys have been talking about shame. And I'm like, God, what can I say to these kids that even matter to them? Uh, and God was like, well, it's just simple. Just say what I said. <laughs> You know, so that's a lot of my heart tonight is I, I've talked to y'all, y'all heard a guy named Young Chris before. I'm sure y'all heard of him, some of y'all. Um, and I talk to him, and a lot of times when I'm talking to him, I, I, uh, okay. A lot of times when I talk to him, I, uh, we're talking and we're like, man, the gospel is so simple. Like, Having a relationship with Jesus is so simple in theory, right? Meaning it's so simple, the idea of it, right? The idea of a relationship with God is so simple. Like, you guys have heard the gospel. We sin. There's a Jesus. He died to take the place of the consequence of our sin, a death that he did not have to, right? We know this. So I asked myself, God, what is so complicated? Like, I don't get it. I'm like, God, help me understand. So this is the, this is the, the concept I got with shame is, uh, is I was reading uh, in Romans. And uh, Romans, uh, let me make sure I, yeah, Romans 3, 
and it says, all have sinned and fallen short, short of the glory of God, and all justified freely by the grace through redemption that came by Jesus Christ. <laughs> right? That's the gospel. That's it. The answer to our shame is that. It's really that simple. Give me a hand. Right? And, and the reason I'm saying that, I'm saying give me a hand because it's, 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 it's supposed to be funny to the fact of like there's no crazy knowledge that I had to come up with to figure that out. I just read it. And, God, and I was like, God, what, so what's the difference? He was like, the difference is, do, we, do you believe what I said? Because that's a lot harder than what I said. I used to read the scripture, and you fellow Christians can probably attest to this, where it says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I'm like, bro, ain't nothing about this been easy, and ain't nothing about this been light. Right? I'm sure some of you guys go to school, and you guys can attest to that. Y'all deal with relationships. Y'all deal with people being cruel and being mean. There's some actual mean people in y'all's grades. <laughs> like, I don't care how old they are. They're mean, right? And you're have, trying to figure out how do I navigate that? How do I deal with all this stuff that's going on, right? And God lays it out to us so simple. He says, any sin you committed has been justified in Jesus Christ. The only difference is Will you choose to believe it? Will you choose to believe it? We have to, one of my favorite scriptures, and I was getting to this with Pastor Darrell. I didn't, I didn't get to tell him one of my favorite scriptures. One of my favorite scriptures is Romans 12.2. It says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by, the scripture says, renewing your mind. Some translations are, I like better. Translations mean people decided how different things were, decided what they meant. Um, and another translation says, by, by changing the way you think. This little thing in between my skull controls everything. This little thing in between your skulls, your brain controls everything. Do you understand what I'm saying? Look, hear me out. This little thing in between your skull controls everything. Us believing what God says about us in our mind will control how we live. Does that make sense? Man, I've had, I went through a lot of experiences. I grew up in a youth group similar to like this style. I, I see y'all as more like Baptocostal, right? That's a, that's a term. It's a, it's a Christian term. Um, and I love it. Uh, and that's kind of how I grew up. Um, where people who are super passionate about the Lord didn't care to express that, didn't care to jump around, didn't care to shout. We were like that. Um, and I, I could never figure out, I used to tell my mom all the time, like, Mom, there is nobody out here really living for God. It doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know why we're doing this. Why you keep going in this cycle and keep trying to tell me about this God, right? Like, nobody's out here living this thing. None of my friends, none of them are like me. Because I knew I was called. I knew God had said something to me. I knew God had spoke to me and said, Don, I want you to help change your nation. Not just your city, not just your county, not just Owensboro, Kentucky, not just Kentucky, but the nation. I knew that. But I was like, God, this doesn't make sense. So I started to do a lot of stuff. 
I'm not going to get into everything, but I'll kind of touch on some stuff. Um, I, started, I started touching in um, success. So I started chasing success, meaning that I started going after stuff, like material stuff that I could say, I did this, that makes me valuable, right? By my senior year, I was the class president, athlete of the year for basketball. I didn't even go to the award ceremony, and then they, they awarded me with athlete of the year, right? I had just won a talent show. I won the talent show at my school. I love to sing. I could sing. Um, what else? More stuff. I was group commander of the ROTC. Any position that you could get as a senior in high school, I had probably achieved it, right? And I was the saddest person that I could ever be. I was sad. I was not content. I was not happy. My senior year project grad, I was drinking with my friends, alcohol, and drinking with my friends. And I got in the car on my way to project grad, and I cried because I realized all the stuff I had been working for really didn't mean anything. It was all over. High school was over. And I believe in that time God was trying to show me my entire life I can chase a bunch of stuff. I can chase a bunch of money. I can chase career. I can chase whatever I want to chase. But at the end of my life, I don't want to be left weeping again, saying, God, none of this stuff really lasted for me. I remember during that time, my mom told me, mom said, my mom loved the Lord, super passionate about God. She said, nothing you do will have any eternal, any eternal impact, meaning nothing you do will go beyond who you are and affect generations to come without God. There has to be someone who's going to live in every season, which is God. God's going to live in every single season, every single generation. He is alive. Somebody has to be there to carry that legacy. Um, and that stuck with me all the way through. I go to college, right? I applied for student government because I was like, ah, oh, maybe I'll just try this again, right? They told me I was overqualified. I've never heard that before. But really it was God trying to close the door on something that I was going to continue to chase. And I cried after that. I did. I'm just being honest about how I felt. I cried. I was like, how do you overqualify? That's so stupid. That doesn't even make sense. Right? So I, I, I started to develop. There was no more status. I went to a school where I didn't know a single person. I went to Middle Tennessee State. I didn't know a single person. I got to recreate myself. Anybody wish they could recreate themselves? I had the chance. <laughs> so I went to college. I didn't know a single soul. I, I, seriously, I didn't know a single person that went to college there um, out of state. And um, I was sad, so I started hanging with people who were in the same place that I was. I found myself drinking. I found myself smoking. I found myself messing around with women, right? I found myself in a lot of places that I wish I never did. I, I remember in high school, I said, I, I had never smoked before, ever. And I said, I ain't never smoking. That stuff's stupid. Then I got to college, and I found myself doing what I said I wouldn't do. All because I was, I was sad. I was not content. I didn't love me. I didn't know what God thought about me. So then I found myself in this place that I am drowning. I'm, I'm making straight A's. I was good at school. I'm making straight A's. But I am drowning in emotions and feelings. I was going to the class with 
Aquafina bottles. I still remember. Filled with alcohol. Just so I could continually drink. Right? I mean, I was in a very dark place in my life. And I met some people that started sharing Jesus with me. But even then, all the stuff that I had done, I started to look at it. And I felt how some of you guys feel whenever you're like, man, do they know that I was just cussing with my friends at school earlier today? And they want me to pray? I remember talking to a guy named Jake Peterman. He just... He discipled me. He was leading me. He was teaching me how to follow the Lord. I remember talking to him, and I was like, Jake, you don't understand, bro. He was telling me, you're a leader. He said, people are going to follow you. He's like, man, you are gifted. He was speaking all the things that God says about me. I didn't know it then. He was telling me all this stuff, and I'm like, Jake, bro, you don't understand. Like, if we go hoop here in a minute, I'm going to be talking crazy. Like, a lot of trash. Like. You know, and then he hooped with me, and he was like, oh, wow, I didn't realize it was that bad. Like Draymond Green kind of bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was that guy. You know? And, and I, was, I was constantly telling him, I was like, Jake, you don't understand, bro. Like, like, I'm screwed up. And later on, what God showed me is I had partnered. I had made a friendship with my shame. Right? I had built a relationship. Honestly, I was afraid to do what God called me to do. So I said, it's easier that I develop this relationship with my shame and say, well, this is the reason I can't do it for real. Once I get clean enough, once I follow God for a longer, long enough time, once people look at me and they're like, he's a stand-up man of God, then I'll go and I'll do, right? That's what I thought. And I had heard all the scripture. Listen, I, could, I was in Bible studies. I could tell you exactly all the answers. I could say everything. But really, I didn't want to stand out. I didn't want to be different. I didn't want to follow God and push people towards God. I remember when Jake asked me, he was like, dude, you should lead. We, we had a flag football team. I was the quarterback. I was pretty good. I was a lot smaller then, by the way. You're like, the quarterback? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot smaller then. I could move. I could throw. I could catch. Um, <laughs> but... Um, I was the quarterback. He was like, man, we should do a Bible study with this, with this flag football team. And I'm like, look, Jake, I hear what you're saying because, but, you know, I don't really, I don't really know because I knew secretly what I was doing, right? I had that relationship with him. I knew it was a God relationship. I knew it, but I was still going to the party on the weekend with my friends, right? They had parties in college. They had parties almost every day of the week. So I would go to Bible study. I would meet with Jake in the morning at McCallie's. And we would talk about Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, man, Jesus, man. Yeah, God, Jesus. Right? And then I would leave. And I would go with my other set of friends and do whatever we were doing. Didn't matter what it was. We didn't really care as long as we were doing something and we were busy. Right? So I started to build this partnership, this friendship with my shame. And as I started to grow and as I started to really understand things about God, I started to realize it don't really matter what I think about myself because of what God thinks about me. Right? Let me break that down. What I thought about myself holds no weight because of what God thought about me. <laughs> I'm going to push that, push that thought home. What I'm meaning is 
I can think that I'm not six foot, but when you put it up to the measure and you stand next to the, the measuring thing and it says six foot, you can't argue with that. Right? That's what I mean. Is that God said, whenever God speaks something and he says something, it, it's what it is. Right? It said, new creation. Anyone who is in Christ, they're a new creation. That's who God says I am. I'm new. I can't, I can't argue with that. Right? I, 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 I was working on accepting Jesus and walking with Jesus. He's seen me as clean. He's seen me as holy. And I wasn't any of those things. You understand what I'm saying? I was not clean. I was not holy. I was not worthy. The scripture in Matthew, I mean, uh, Romans 3 says, all have sinned and fallen short. None of us are. Pastor Daryl is not. His wife is not. All the helpers in the back, none of us are clean. Not a single one of us. I don't care how much you guys look up to Pastor Daryl. Pastor Daryl has fallen short of the glory of God. I don't care how much you look up to me. I have fallen short of the glory of, of the glory of God, and I deserve to not be able to have a relationship with him. But God was gracious enough to give us Jesus to have that relationship with him. So you want to come? Um, and I didn't want to make this long. I didn't want to make this complicated. I didn't, I didn't want to try to try to come and have this. I, I was praying and I was like, God, like, you know me, I wanted to come up here and have this super awesome revelation of God so people could see how great I am and how wonderful I speak and all this stuff. Man, I was like, God, what is it that you want? And God said, just tell them the truth. And the truth is, is that all have sinned and fallen short of the God, glory of God. But God sees you as clean. So some of you guys tonight are sitting here and you know the decisions that you've made. And those decisions has put you in a place where you want to partner with your shame. You want to say, God, yeah, but I can't do that. Right? Abraham, well, God, I can't do that. I'm old. Moses, God, I, I can't free the slaves because I killed a man. Right? David, I set up a man to be killed in battle. God, you can't use me, right? Right? That's what that would mean. And God's saying, no, you're the one. Hey, him, right there, that guy, the one who's done all the stuff, the one who's set in all the shame, the one who is drowning in sin. It amazes me that every single person in the Bible that I sit and read had done way more stuff than I had done. I'm talking about killing people. Like killed people. Set people up to be murdered. And God said, yeah, that's the one I want right there. I want him. You realize it's a part of his story. It's a part of the story that he's building in us. The shame that we, go, that, that we're, that we feel. Us releasing that to God is a part of the story. That makes the story complete when we say, God, I'm just coming to you here. Here, God, just take everything I have. Here, just take it. That's the story. You, you feeling shame? 
you feeling like, man, I messed up. Hey, here, God. Take this. I don't want to carry it anymore. I had to ask myself, am I tired? Like, am I tired? Like, God, I'm done. I just want to, I just want to come right here. I just want to lay down all the stuff that I thought kept me from you. Because I started to see that it was so simple. The hard part was telling myself, reminding myself what God thought about me. And I'm here to tell you, every single one of you guys, God says that you are completely clean whenever you give up your stuff. Here, God, I just want you to take all this. So I guess the, the call is simple. It's not complicated. If you are somebody who feels like, I don't, I don't care if, if it's just one. I don't care. But would you say tonight, God, here's my shame. I want to bring it to you. And I want to give it to you. I know, I know that some of you guys are sitting there and y'all are like, but Don, you don't understand, though. Like, everybody thinks I'm good. Everybody thinks I'm following the Lord for real. Everybody thinks I'm really passionate about, the, about God for real. I was in youth group. I was the same guy. I was the same guy that sat in youth group, and everybody thought I was following Jesus. Everyone thought I was super passionate and ready to do whatever God wanted to do. But in my heart, I knew I wasn't ready. And I knew I couldn't be ready until I gave all my stuff and say, you know what, God, I'm tired. I don't want to carry this shame. I don't want to carry this double life and the shame that comes along with it. So I'm giving you guys an invitation tonight. The invitation is, will you come forward and let one of these leaders, let us pray for you? If that's you, I want you to come forward. you, I want you to come forward. <clears throat> I love what Don shared. <clears throat> it's funny, I was thinking about what my life was like in high school, and it was a little bit of the opposite. Uh, I tried so hard to do the right thing, to be like the guy who does everything. Here's the thing. Sometimes we get Christianity mixed up thinking we have to be perfect. And I thought I had to be perfect. I thought I had to do everything just right. I thought that I like had to like I had to say the right things, had to do the right things. And sometimes even like even as hard as I tried, I still wasn't good enough. I wasn't good enough. I still wasn't strong enough to do everything right. I still wasn't strong enough to, like, you know, I was real good at talking about the Bible. You know, I was real good about, like, I was real good about, like, even, like, remaining pure, not drinking, not doing drugs or smoking, not, not getting sexually promiscuous, none of that. 
But in my heart, man, I was way off. I still wasn't good enough. I found out that I just couldn't, I couldn't be good enough. I didn't have enough strength. And one day I had the revelation, I don't have to be perfect. I was telling somebody earlier, I used to think I couldn't be angry and love Jesus. You can be angry and not sin. There's a difference. You can be angry and sin or be angry and not sin. But some of you guys, you try, I think some of you in the room, maybe it isn't this dark, sinful shame that you carry, but all of us carry shame. But maybe it's just the fact that you just realize, I can't be strong enough. I can't be good enough. I, I just, I'm not enough. Here's the beauty of in, in the entire gospel story is that you don't have to be good enough. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be righteous. Because it's Jesus Christ and the blood shed on the cross. He makes us righteous. He makes us good. When somebody sees Pastor Daryl as someone that's good or godly, it is because of Jesus Christ inside of me. It is not Daryl Allen. It's Jesus Christ. It's not Christian Cripe. It's Jesus Christ. It's not Dylan Honeycutt. It's Jesus Christ. And you might be in the room right now and you're struggling. Like, you're just like, man, I, you're like, it's almost like, you're tired. You're so tired because you can't do it anymore. You're realizing that you're human. You're realizing you're not strong enough. Can I give you some, can I free you up today? You don't have to be. You don't have to be. You can have feelings. You can cry. And it doesn't mean that you failed. Some of you guys feel like you, I feel just some of you feel like you failed. You have not failed. You've not blown it. Like he said, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us have. All of us might. But remember, it's Jesus Christ, his shed blood. It's the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God who makes us good. I'm going to tell you, I didn't learn that until I was like, I don't know, I think I was in my, I don't know, I can't even remember, mid-30s. Long story short, get the revelation tonight that Jesus Christ makes you good enough. How about you guys stand up to your feet? Just as a, I, I really, I was back there praying, and I really just, uh, God brings good tidings, glad tidings, and good news for you, that he's come to comfort the brokenhearted. You may be in the room and you're brokenhearted. I want to invite you to come up here. It could be for anything. You don't even have to have us pray with you. But I really feel like there, I really just heard you need to take a next step. You need to take a next step. It's real safe out there. God is calling you. He's calling you by name, and the Lord is tugging on your heart right now. And no one's going to make an example of you. But as a next step, as an act of obedience, as a way of just saying, all right, God, I don't have to be perfect. I don't understand it but I'm going to take that next step towards you. If that's you, I just want you to be bold enough and not worry about what anybody's thinking because it doesn't matter what they think. Just like he said, you're gonna, we're going to spend our lives realizing we were, set, we were living our lives for other people. You've got to live it for you, and God has the answer. Let's pray before we continue. Ask God to examine your heart. And as, these, as everyone's heads are bowed, eyes are closed, 
If you feel a prompting, you feel like a nudge to come up here, just do it and don't wait for me to say amen. Just do it. Like Nike, just do it. Heavenly Father, examine our hearts. Father, we don't want to wear shame. You didn't, Lord, you didn't create us to carry shame. Some of us are carrying the shame that other people have put on us. Lord, even that shame, when we put it in the blood of Jesus, that shame is removed and we don't have to carry it anymore. We don't have to carry it emotionally. We don't have to carry it physically. Some of you, it may be physical shame. It could be emotional shame. It could be like social shame. Some of you guys have social shame. The Lord just says he wants to break that off of you tonight. Lord, examine our hearts. You've come to set us free. You've come to set us free. I pray, Lord, that every heart in the room, whoever you're nudging on right now, God, they would be bold enough to just go, I don't get it entirely. I don't fully understand it, but I'm going to take a step to Jesus tonight. going to take a step to Jesus. Lord, we thank you and we praise you, Lord. That as people come to this altar, the altar is not a place of shame, but it's a place of healing and a place of love. For many years, I thought this place was a shameful place. That when I walked up to these aisles in those old Baptist churches back in the day, I thought, they're all going to look at me. And then one day, I remember I could not stop my feet, but I started to step out from the pew, and I began to walk up the aisle, and I went to the front, and I began to shed all these tears and all this hurt and all this pain, and I don't even know how I got up there. But I said, enough is enough. I'm going to literally, I am not going to carry shame anymore. I'm not going to carry the sin I was carrying. I'm coming to the love and the grace of Jesus Christ, and nobody, I don't care what anybody says. Lord, I pray this place is a healing place, and it's open for you right now in Jesus' name. somebody here that uh, you know we're talking about shame and like not we're not trying to overlook that but I feel like there's somebody here that's having a really hard time like a lot of stuff is going wrong and and I feel like you're like on the verge of quitting like just giving up on everything And the crazy thing is, is that I feel like you hide it with a smile. You're hiding it with a smile. To everyone else, you're good. But you know that you're secretly really having a hard time. You know, I understand their shame with that too. Thinking, well, if I come, people are going to think that I'm not as happy as I, as I said I was. Right? There's some, there's some shame that comes with that too. But I believe God wants to meet you here. Like tonight. I believe he wants to love on you. I believe he wants to remind you who you are. 
So if that's you, I want you to come. If you're just that person, I don't want you to be like, I want everybody to close their eyes. I'm going to do it this way. You may be afraid to come. I want you to bow your head, and I don't want anybody looking around. If that's you, you may not have the faith to come to walk up here. But could you have the faith just to raise your hand? And I can pray for, me right, for you right here. Could you have the faith just to raise your hand? Yeah, I see those hands. All right, you can put those hands down. I just want to pray for you right here. God, we just, we just come to you now, God, with our hearts open, with our minds open, with our lives open to you. God, we know regardless of whatever it is that we're going through, whatever we're dealing with, whatever trial we're in, whatever season that we're in, God, we know that you walk with us even if we don't feel it, even if we don't see it. If, even if we don't think we're experiencing you in our lives, God, we are learning to believe that you are there. God, I pray that your spirit will come love on them right now. God, that your spirit would just fall on them right now. Just be with them in this moment. God, I don't know what they're experiencing. I don't know what they're going through. I don't, know, I don't know for what reason they were afraid to come, but God, they had enough to faith to raise their hand, God. They had enough faith to say yes by raising their hand, God. So will you meet them there right now? Will you just love on them? Will you just minister to their heart? God, remind them that they're chosen. God, remind them that they're destined. God, remind them that they're called. God, remind them that you sit with them right in the smack dab middle of every piece of brokenness, of every piece of hurt. God, I speak against depression. God, I speak against the anxiety. God, be in the middle with them. God, start to show them. Start to show them who you are and how to combat the thoughts that they're dealing with. God. Start to show them how to change the way that they think. God, to see that you are the king of every situation. God, start to meet with them. God, remind them of who you are whenever they're just in their daily moments, in their daily walk, God. Remind them, hey, come meet with me. Hey, come commune with me. Hey, come grow with me. Hey, come learn. Come spend time with me. God, I pray they develop that close relationship with you. God, that so many of us get to experience when we realize nothing else really matters. God, you're the only thing that matters. God, start to, start to teach them, love them in that way where it doesn't matter what they're facing, what they're dealing with, what they're going through. God, they see you. God, and I just, I just pray you love them right now. Just come and minister to them right now. Jesus' name.
just going to take a few more minutes. And I'm just going to say the altar is open. If you want to come up here, I really, if Don's story, if what he said really spoke to you, I want you to, it may not be one of us leaders you want to come and tell what's on your heart or ask for prayer. You can come to him. Say, hey, Don, will you pray for me? That spoke to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite that. Like, the altar's open. You can come up here, and he can take you somewhere else and pray with you in the room if you don't want to do it right here. But I want to leave the altar open for a few more minutes. I'm just going to be still. And you might just need prayer for anything. It may not be shame. It may not be sin. But you just like, somebody pray for me. Just come on up here. want to, you can space out and just just take a moment. Just go to God with everything on your heart. Pour your heart out like water. Opportunities there. Some of you guys are just used to pizza and games. We believe 
that God has come to set people free and that God is about family. He's a good father who loves his children. He doesn't want to strike you down. God's arms are open always saying, come here, come on. His arms are always open, ready to receive us. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you're restoring peace in the room. You're restoring joy in the room. Lord, even though, God, some people were afraid to step out or maybe afraid to raise their hand, Lord, you are breaking through. You are the one who breaks through. You are the one that is breaking chains off your people, chains off your children, chains off this generation. Lord, I pray. Lord, your word says that if we pray with everything, with thanksgiving, and make every request known to you, that you will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus with the peace which surpasses all understanding. And we're never going to get peace just by thinking about the problems and talking about the problems and thinking about the situations. But Lord, if we would just be bold enough to just pray, then your peace will guard our hearts and our minds. And Lord, it will literally surpass our understanding. We don't even understand how the how we have peace. Lord, people would look at us and think, how in the world are they so calm? It's because, Lord, we have begun to pray and your peace follows us when we pray. Lord, that when we pray about the problem, you give peace about the problem. We like to stay up late at night. I was up till 3 a.m. this morning thinking about all these things I need to fix, all these things I've got to repair, things that are frustrating me and making me restless at night because I don't like where things are and I don't like what's going on and I'm not content with the situations. But, I, you know, I just had this, this revelation that God just keeps telling me, you just pray about it, and I'll give you the peace about it. If you'll just pray to me about it, I'll give you the peace for it. And I'm going to guard your heart and mind. I'm going to take care of it. I know that verse very well because I have prayed it for so many years. Lord, I pray. I pray that we, Lord, this generation would step out and just begin to pray and stop looking at their finite strength. Lord, their, their temporary uh, power that they have and temporary control, God, and just realize, God, that your hand is guiding them. Your hand is protecting them. Lord, we pray for peace. I'm sure we'll get close to here in a minute, Jim. Um, but I want to, yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to prolong. I want to. I want to give you something practical, something you can put into practice. This thing right here, it's not mine. It's Pastor Darrell's. It's yours. It's not mine, but it's Pastor Darrell's. But I have one. I got one physical one. I got two or three physical ones, and I have a bunch of them on my phone. Right. But this thing right here. Every time I meet with this thing, and it's just book with some pages on it with some words on it but every single time I read this thing everything becomes so clear and, and I'm honest I'm honest in saying this there's times where I've gone 
a week without reading this. And I find myself flustered. I find myself. I don't go a super long time without reading this thing. Most of the time I read it every day. But there's times where I go a week and I'm like, man, what is going on? Why is my life so hectic? What is going on? Right? And then I pick this thing up and I read it for 15, 20 minutes. It's like all the problems just start to solve themselves. It's like all the problems start to solve themselves. You know, there's, there's studies done on people who read their Bible. Like, and just read it. People, non-Christians. Christians and non-Christians, right? Because I want to I make this, this super practical. There's Christians, and they did a test of Christians and non-Christians. Just a random test of 100 people who read this Bible every day. They found themselves less anxious and depressed just because they were reading this thing. Right? That doesn't even count the Holy Spirit and Him coming in and, you know, Him moving stuff around. Meaning the Holy Spirit is a, is, it's a person. It has a personality. Like, He wants to know you. He comes and communes with you. Right? That doesn't even count that. Just people reading this book, that's how powerful this book is. That people don't even, don't even have the Spirit of God in them following Jesus. But this book caused them to be less depressed, less anxious. They found that they scrolled on social media less. Just because they read this book, nothing else. Like no church service, no, they just read a Bible. And the reason I'm trying to push this, push this point home is because whenever I was in high school, and I came to youth group, and I heard all the right stuff, and I could tell you all the right answers, I never was picking up this book. And then I got somebody that started asking me questions about this book that I wasn't reading, that I told them I was reading. Right? And when I tell you, him challenging me changed everything. I know that reading this book to some of you can feel confusing. But I promise you, if you say, Pastor Darrell, I want to read this book, and I want to learn how to read it. Somebody, Pastor Darrell and somebody from his team, I promise you they will figure out how to teach you this book. I know Pastor Darrell. I know what kind of man he is, right? And I know he, they're going to figure out some sort of creative way to help you read this book every day if you need help reading this book. Listen. All Scripture is God-breathed. This, this, is, this is what this says. It says, all Scripture is God-breathed and profitable for training you how to have a relationship with God. It's profitable for teaching you how to be righteous, how to be in right standing with God. This thing is what teaches you, along with the Holy Spirit's partnership, how to have a relationship with if you, if you don't leave, if you leave and nothing we said, you're like, man, they came. This was a super simple message. I've heard this before. You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, Pastor Darrell, you know, they're trying to get us to come up here. I don't really got nothing I need to. If I can tell you anything, this book, I don't want you to remember anything. I'm really any, much of what I'm saying if you don't remember this. This book has so much power. 
just reading it. And whenever you partner that, that book with the Holy Spirit, it'll change everything. It'll change everything. Stuff will become more clear. Don't you, don't you know that? Don't you agree? Stuff just comes so much clearer. I cannot go two or three days without reading this thing. I know I can't. As much as I, I, there's a lot of this scripture I can quote to you. Me and Pastor Derek can go back and forth. He can start a scripture. I could probably finish it. I can start a scripture. He could finish it. But I still be picking this thing up. Because in its full context of me reading it, in its full idea, in its full form of me reading the scriptures and really seeing what God was saying and me really breaking it down. That's what he's trying to do every single week. He's coming up here preaching. The only thing he's doing is he's been reading this book and he's trying to break it down to something that you can understand, right? But you can do that yourself too. Wouldn't it be wonderful if Pastor Darrell was coming up here to preach? And, and I'll tell you, this kind of stuff would happen. And the same thing you were reading that week is what he was preaching on. Wouldn't that be crazy? Talk about Holy Spirit. Partner with the Holy Spirit. Read this book. Can I pray for the whole group? I'm just going to pray for the whole group one more time. You got something else? Okay. Okay, cool. I'm going to pray. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray and close this out, and then I'm going to pass it over to Pastor Daryl, and I'll be done. Um, God, I pray that they begin to read the Word. They begin to soak it in. God, it's easy to see how simple it is, how simple all this is in theory. It's easy to see how simple it is when we read it. But God, when we constantly remind ourselves of what you say, when we have that constant reminder with the word of God, it never changes. And it reminds us of what you say. God, then our mind will start to change and we will believe what you say. And the Holy Spirit comes in and it makes, it makes, it makes its own space. We don't got to make room for it. It makes its own space. And we begin to change. God, I pray we partner with you. We partner with your word and really figure out who you are and build that close relationship with you, God. You want that with us. You want to commune with us. God, you not want to run from us. You're not scared of us. You're not scared of our sin. You're not scared of how dirty we are. God, the fact that you want a relationship with us, the fact that you want to be with us, nothing else can compare to that. That's what I, that's, a, that's the heart's cry and desire of every single person in this room is that they would have a close relationship with the Father, a close relationship with God. That's what we want, God. In Jesus' name. Everybody stand up. Last thing I'm going to say is. The only reason why we go long is because I do this for one person. This isn't necessarily for everybody to come up here. But if one person gets set free, one person gets peace, one person says yes to Jesus, that's a win. It's a win. It's a dub. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So can I tell you, if you're out there and you're thinking, man, this is going long. Maybe, or man, this isn't for me. You need to be praying for the, and let me just don't need to. 
I am encouraging you to pray for the other people in the room. There might be somebody on your heart that's not here. Pray for them. Can we do that? Now, were you blessed by Don Reddy being here tonight? If you have been, give a big shout. Now, I want us to pray for Don. I want to ask Don to come down here. Is that cool? I got to make you, you got, you got, I don't know if you got plans, but I want you to come down here. I want you to come up here. Whether you like, I got a lot to pray or not, I want you to come up here. Now, don't, don't crowd him too much, but like, like, come up here and lay hands on him. Come up here and just, we're going to pray that God would bless him. Yeah, so we're, we're going to bless him. I'm thankful for my friendship with Don. I'm thankful.